Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode. And today we're talking about how to be a more confident artist. But before we get onto that, we want to say a massive thank you to all of our Kofi supporters because you have helped us to be able to bring you 99 episodes of the podcast. Yes, the next episode is our 100th episode and we are inviting you to ask Tara and I anything for this next special episode and we will try and answer your questions. So if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, the question is up on all the usual places or you can email your question to howdy at kickinthecreatives.com. But again, your Kofi support is a huge reason for us being able to make it to 100 episodes. So if you want to help us reach 200, you can pop over to our website and find the Kofi link and you can treat us to a coffee. Although, of course, that's not actually what we really do with it. And we actually use it to pay for hosting <laughs> and things like that of the podcast. And it really, it's really a helps. Bit boring, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But I was going to say, uh, they can ask anything, but it's within reason. So, <laughs> yeah. So there we go. We'll, anyway, try, just, we'll try to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to clarify that bit. But yeah, we always really appreciate your support because not only, like we say, does it go towards running Kicking the Creatives, which helps us keep doing what we do, but it also shows that you like what we're doing. Yeah. So thank you for that. And just in case you missed it. We were on Adobe Max, which is the biggest international creative conference. Oh, doesn't that sound grand? <laughs> and, and we're actually on there talking about kicking the creatives. There's a little film about us. And if you want to see it, you can actually watch it on demand. If you go to kickinthecreatives.com forward slash Adobe Max, that will take you straight to that video. And I think we start in about 12 minutes on we're after the movie stars <laughs> yeah we're 12, they were 12. just like our support act weren't they the movie stars. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh that's so funny if only that'd be good wouldn't yeah it? great if everyone was waiting for us <laughs> anyway we also want to thank everyone who's been sharing their work with us on social media Oh, so many as always but uh Rusilla Moodley um she's been doing the kit collage and one of the ones I really liked, in fact, I like all of hers so far. I mean, we're very early on in the month, so there's not a great deal at the moment because obviously we're on, what, November the 4th as we record this, yeah, something like that. It. So, but the ones she's done so far have been beautiful. And I really like the one she did called Sleeping Beauty. And she'd included bits that were cut out from an old painting or different old paintings, which I thought was a really, really good idea. Um, Sana Sira. Um, it's really, really good to see Sana Sira back. Um, she's been doing the Pose Vember Challenge. Uh, Catherine C. Slater, she's doing the kick collage as well. And um, I love that one of our prompts was flush. And of course, she drew it a toilet. <laughs> but she <laughs> but she drew it on some toilet tissue, which I thought was genius. So we had lots of toilets on that day, actually. And of course, um, that made me you know, chuckle. The child in me was sniggering away. Last month, it was bums. <laughs> this is toilets. <laughs> what about you, Tara? What's caught your eye? 
But I've really liked uh, the figures that Art by Jackie P has been drawing. She's been to those with Pose of Ember as well. And she adds a touch of blue to them, which mm. just, I don't know, it's just really nice. And there's a lot of movement about those figures as well. And then there's Michael Beckett. And I really like the figure he drew for day one. The shading was fantastic on that. Mm. It was all hatching in these diagonal lines. That's something I really don't have the patience for, but it looks amazing. And then also Margaret Hall. And she actually said, it's a long time since I drew a face and I think it shows. And that was for Facetastic Friday. But I think the fact that she's had a go and she's done it again means that, you know, she's she's made that first step, hasn't she? Yeah, and that's that's the... Well, that's the hardest part, isn't it? Making the first step. And you can only go upwards from there. And to be honest, it was pretty good anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what is new with you? Well, I have finally finished my wine bottle painting. It's been one of those paintings which I've I've stopped, start, stop, start, stop, start painting, which is never great because you come out of the zone, you're like, oh, you know, and it's taken far longer than it should have been. But we've had so many things to do in between. And it's been one of those months. Uh, well, October was one of those months where we had an awful lot of seemed to be an awful lot of social kind of engagements, um, which took up weekends. And so, yeah, my time was very limited. But finally, I have finished it. I, I haven't posted it yet, actually, the finished painting, but by the time this airs, it should be on my Instagram. Excellent. Hmm. So you did have one day when you couldn't paint, didn't you, as well? Well, you went in, tried to paint. It wasn't working. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because um, just for everyone out there, and I know it happens to the best of, you know, all artists, but every now and then you do, you get a bad day at the office, don't you? And I... I don't know whether outside, you know, when the, when life becomes quite stressful, you've got maybe lots happening and whatever, and, and, you know, you'll go to paint or draw and suddenly you think, that's weird, I can't paint or I can't, I've forgotten how to draw. And it's not because you haven't done it even the day before, it's because for some reason you feel like it's everything's alien. Have you ever had that, Tara? I don't think I've had that. I've had it where I'm in funny moods and then it, just I just it looks awful whatever I draw Mm, I don't know whether it's just like you can't quite get in the zone but I think we should do an episode on that you know just um you know how how this is kind of something that is is not unusual when you're feeling more in the zone yeah Yeah. and and it's so important to get back on the horse because I'd I'd had this day where every brush stroke I put down I just thought every brush stroke I'm putting down I'm just I'm not actually improving it in fact that is not working at all <laughs> so it was one of those days so I had to force myself back in there because it's very easy to think to then go into that avoidance mode where you you know you don't want to go in there at all because you're frightened of failure and but I did I went in I think a couple of days later and it was absolutely fine and it all flowed flowed again but yeah it's a it's a real um you know jolt back to reality if you like that really the, these things are just a puzzle you don't always have a good day in the office. But yeah. I think some of that was we were waiting for the Adobe thing to be played, Ooh, we were, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, we were <laughs> quite worried. Tension. Yeah. We were like, oh no, yeah. are we going to look idiots? <laughs> yeah. Mind you, that wouldn't be difficult. <laughs> no. The thing is, we made ourselves look idiots before then, haven't we? So, oh yeah, that's yeah. all right. I think people like us being idiots. <laughs> Um, anyway, what about you? What is new with you? Well, as you may have noticed, I've started a new art challenge. I know. And, and the reason is, I, I've realised that 
the only way I can really motivate myself to create is to create a challenge myself. Now, that's not because I don't like drawing and painting. It's just that resistance problem. I don't know if you've ever had that resistance problem. Only like I said, when, when I've had a bad day. No, see, I have this resistance problem with, so I'm fine that I can sit and I can get a little sketchbook out on my knee. On, but if I want to do something a little bit more finished or on a, a larger sheet of paper than just a sketchbook. Yeah. I have resistance there to, it's just bizarre, getting the paper out and getting the, you know, the crayons. I don't know why. I don't know if it's that mess thing because it causes a mess in my room. You know, I'm, and I'm a messy person, but I have a problem with making more mess. That's so funny because you always take the mickey out of my art studio being so tidy. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> mine you... is so messy, but I don't like making them. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't like clearing it up, so I don't like making more mess. I thought you had Kevin for that. <laughs> no, he, he won't clear up in here. I mean, he, he sweeps my floor and stuff for me. But yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so but, funny. Um, anyway, the, the challenge is called 50 Ways to Draw a Face. And what I've done is I've chosen a reference photo, one reference photo. Oh, my God, that took me so long to choose one. I think I spent about two hours trying to find a reference photo I like because I've decided I'm going to use that one reference photo for the whole of the 50 days. Yeah, because otherwise it's it's basically 50 faces, isn't it? Yeah. So what I wanted wanted to do is that immediately takes away one of the decisions. So I've no longer got to find a face each day to draw. Plus... I don't necessarily want to use the face for it doesn't have to look like the person that's just my starting point so if I if I draw something and it looks completely not like him I'm fine with that um it's it's just almost like so I've got some reference for where the shading is and stuff like that um but the idea actually stems from a video that I watched and I mentioned this before it's by a guy called he calls himself Struthless have you ever watched any of his videos no no it's what is it in YouTube yeah, YouTube videos. Right. He calls himself Truthless. I think he's in his early 30s, something like that. But he's just brilliant at telling stories about his life and, and art and everything. And he basically has this one video called The Drawing Device That Changed My Life. And he tells this story about working for a full-time artist. And, and this artist and his wife both made these things to do with rabbits and dogs Everything had like a rabbit character and a dog character in it, and that's all they did. So they might make massive figurines, they did books, they did everything with this rabbit and this uh, dog. And uh, he kept on saying to them, you know, well, he was saying to him, what can I do, you know? I, I don't know how, to, how I can make myself successful, how to become good at something. And the guy said, what you need to do is do the same thing every day for a year. Because this guy at the time was doing a bit of music, a bit of drawing, but he'd do all sorts of creative things, but not stick to one. Right. So he started drawing. And the, the guy said, I suggest you do drawing. So he started drawing a bird every day, this ibis bird. And he was doing it in cartoon form. But after like a few weeks, he started to get really bored. He loved it at first because what else can you do with this bird so he had to try and think of ways to make it interesting for himself so he then started putting social commentary and words and stuff all on these cartoons and he started to enjoy it and he realized that was the whole point basically you got to a point where you got bored so you had to think of something interesting to do with it right if that makes sense Mm. Uh, and 
basically, I think this became quite popular, this thing he was making. So it was that putting that concentrated effort into one thing and having that kind of breakthrough moment because and, you're bored. And I suppose as well that could have evolved in any way, couldn't it? it could, he could have thought, you know what, I, I'm going to make this more of a realistic-looking bird or and, and yeah. that sort of thing. So that's uh, really good, yeah, because when you said 50 ways of drawing face and you said about the one reference, I thought, oh, Tara, you bore so easily. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> that is Kinda. not something I would have expected you to do. But it's brilliant idea. And actually, we did a, um, an episode recently, didn't we, on how drawing challenges can help you in your... Um, was it was it our last one? Was our yeah, last, I think it was. last yeah. episode. So yeah. the episode... Oh no, it might have been the episode before. I wish I can't remember. Well, when when you're when you're um, listening to this, if you go back one or two episodes, it'll be one of those where we're talking about how challenges can help, but not you know we weren't just talking about challenges that you know you find online, you know, the, or the ones we we do for you. But sometimes you can set yourself a personal challenge that you you kind of design for yourself, and that's what you did, isn't it, Tara? But I'm sure people can join that with you, can't they? If, if, um... Yeah, I've already had uh, one uh, one lady from my group. She's joined already. She asked if she could join. I said, yeah, and I think uh, someone else might be joining as well, mm. uh, which is quite funny because it was just this personal thing I set myself. But I'm yeah. going to be, in 10 days' time, I'm going to be saying to you, oh, my God, I hate this challenge. I know. I, I, remember, I can guarantee. I remember last time you did a challenge like this and, and you were like, oh, God. <laughs> that, was a, that was a month ago. I basically, It's basically a month in between. And I, I, yeah. I hardly drew in that period in between, mm. which is why I realised I need a challenge. Yeah, yeah. It does help. It really does. There's something yeah. about the word challenge, isn't there? Yeah. I think that motivates you to think, well, I, yes, I can do that. Whereas yeah. if, you, if you just say, yeah, I, I'm going to have a go at doing this, it's a very different way of putting it. I'm going to challenge myself to do this. So, yeah. Yeah, but yeah I will be tearing my hair out in 10 mm. days saying I hate yeah, it yeah I've no doubt <laughs> anyway um I guess there's nothing else new with you apart from that is that right uh no because we only spoke a week ago so <laughs> that's, that's a lot I'm afraid we're, we're recording good job on... I came up with that one isn't it yeah. <laughs> we're recording on time for a change <laughs> yeah so um today we are talking about how to be a more confident artist so is your lack of self-confidence holding you back and I don't think it actually matters how experienced we become as artists because, you know, we all have this feeling at some point, despite our experience, but it can become a real problem when this lack of self-belief just doesn't go away because if we don't learn how to get past it, it can stunt our progression as artists. And, you know, I speak from experience because I used to be really unsure of my place in the art world, even as I did become more experienced, but it was only through forcing myself to be brave that I kind of overcome that problem. But we'll talk more about that later. But anyway, we thought we would start by looking at uh, what might be causing your lack of self-confidence. And it might not just be your art. It could come from something that happened like much earlier on. So it could be something that happened when we're kids that we carry then onto adulthood and it can be something really really tiny and I remember even like the way you're brought up I remember listening to the hypnotist Paul McKenna I'm going to get this in the right mess because I can only remember bits of it <laughs> but he was talking about him versus a friend 
an adult friend, but how they were brought up and how it affected how confident they were. And I think Paul had a fairly normal sort of upbringing. Mm. But then his friend was brought up in a very, very wealthy household. And the wealthy household was very, very encouraging to to this um, this man, you know, when he was a kid. And they always said he could do anything. And I think when he achieved anything, he got masses of praise. And of course, if he wanted to learn anything or he needed extra help, they, they would just pay for him to have tuition. Mm. So, so it was all there. And how different. And that man was so confident because of all that, you know, back up behind him. Can you imagine? Like, he puts it some, some way, like, imagine now, and I'll put it in an artist's terms, but imagine you're a kid and you decide that you want to paint in a realism style. Now, for the majority of them as, as in kids, there probably wouldn't be much opportunity unless there happened to be some little local class. Yeah. Most of us aren't going to be able to do it mm. unless we try and teach ourselves. But if you've got loads of money, you can go out and find a private artist to come in each week or a couple of times a week and teach your kids to do that. Yeah. But that wouldn't happen for most of us. But uh, can you imagine that confidence it, it would bring? And also that person could perhaps introduce you to people in galleries if you wanted to start to sell your work. It's just so different. I'm not saying just because you're wealthy if that happens, but you know, just, just different situations can make you more confident or not about things. Because you've got more opportunity. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or just, just people's attitudes to, you know, to things. So you said about comparing, he compared himself to that person. So... Was he saying that he wasn't so confident? Yeah, he said he wasn't so confident. He had to build up his own confidence, I guess, through the, you know, the things he learned over time. Yeah. But he wasn't as naturally as confident because, you know, he just had a normal upbringing. I don't think there's anything wrong with his upbringing, but it wasn't like this kid who every time he did something right, it was like, oh, you're amazing. You know, you're, I guess it was just the attitude of that set of parents. Well, I guess not necessarily because they're wealthy either. It's just, yeah, yeah. I guess with Paul McKenna, yeah, he learned to be a hypnotherapist, didn't he? So then, yeah. couldn't he just hypnotise himself to be more confident? <laughs> yeah, but he—I would imagine—and I can't, I don't, I haven't read all the backstory, you know, to him. But yeah. you would imagine that he probably learned a lot of this stuff because he didn't feel confident. I'd love to be hypnotised by someone who says. Or just who who makes you say, for instance, someone like in our group who was really maybe you know lacking in confidence and didn't really think they could draw, and they they're hesitant and whatever, and they produce a drawing they're not overly thrilled with. Imagine if they got hypnotized by Paul McKenna, and he said, "You can draw. <laughs> You're the best <laughs> artist in the world," or whatever, and you know, dangling his thing in front of their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> his what you know the the watch i don't think they do that anymore <laughs> dangling the watch definitely not dangling his thing <laughs> that could be interesting um anyway yes yeah, so imagine that so i wonder and this is a serious thing yes i wonder serious. yeah if then that person having been hypnotized to think they're an amazing artist by paul mckenna yeah would actually then do a drawing that was amazing because they were just absolutely full of self-belief or whether they do a same kind of drawing but just think, oh, it's fantastic because they're confident in the themselves. Second. Do you? Uh, well, or, or maybe a bit in between because I reckon it would be a bit better because of the self-belief while they were drawing it. 
And the lack of hesitancy, maybe. The lack of hesitancy. But then I, I don't think it would be amazing, amazing. No. Well, no, because he can't because they have skill got the in skill. that. Yeah. yeah, I see what you mean. But it would be an interesting experiment, would, wouldn't yeah. it? But then you might also become really conceited. Yeah. If oh, you well, thought I, you do you know, like... I might do this as an experiment. I, I might go to a hypnotherapist. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> are, you really, are you serious? Because that would be really interesting. It really would, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it really, but then it would be quite costly experiment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much a hypno, hypnotherapist well, is. Well, but... I've been to see <clears throat> hypnotherapist for driving because you know I have problems with driving. Yeah, so so you could do it, but yeah, you talk. It's it's not cheap. No, no, no. We'd need more Kofi supporters yes. for that. <laughs> Right, <laughs> Kofi supporters. Yes, Sandra for hypnotherapy. Yes, please. <laughs> I'll do the experiment. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, we've completely diverse, uh, di- diverted, haven't we? Yeah, we I have. don't even know where we are. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, so you were talking about what happens as you're growing up, and actually, it kind of leads nicely onto what I was going to say, which is basically you could, you know, whether it's subconsciously or otherwise, just be reacting to maybe one comment someone said about your art years ago, whether that was a teacher, a friend, or even a parent. And it's surprising how long a negative comment can stick with you, even if you don't really remember it, it, you know, subconsciously you kind of do. And I do think that the younger you are, the deeper the cut, because when we're young, particularly as teenagers, you know, we're already going through a confidence crisis, aren't we? Yeah. And, and every negative comment seems to be amplified tenfold, do you know what I mean? Um, but even comments which were maybe meant to help us learn or not really meant in a negative way, but that's the way you took it, you know, it can still come across that way, can't it? So I suppose that depends on, on your own self-confidence or belief in yourself, doesn't it, as to how you take things. So you've got to ask yourself, you know, was that comment meant in the way you took it? Was it even valid? And is it still valid now? Remember, you know, that all art is different and there isn't an artist anywhere who creates art that everyone loves. You know, what we've said this a million times before, what one person likes, another one won't. So ultimately, it's, it's just down to someone's opinion and actually does that one person's opinion matter anyway it really shouldn't we've had so many comments haven't we in the past in our facebook group about people who said a teacher when they're at school has made a comment about their art and literally they've they've either dropped art or they haven't made art for years because of what that person said so literally that one small comment one person's opinion they haven't then picked up a pen or pencil for 20 years do you know it's it's funny so often it does seem to be teachers doesn't it I don't think some teachers realize just how what a responsibility they've got in the well-being of that person they're teaching their forward attitude to what they're doing if that makes sense does that make yeah, sense? yeah I mean I mean there's good it's like anything isn't there? there's good teachers and there's bad teachers mm, and, mm. and and it's even a good teacher if they just make an offhand not even thinking an offhand comment that's not meant to yeah, mean anything and yeah. you take it the wrong way and mm. yeah it's, and it's my sister sad. at school she was very very academic yeah. um and you know she was always going to go to university now I wasn't I was more of a creative not that anyone really realized that at the time but and I remember going into a I think it was a geography or a history class or something which I always found really boring <laughs> and, oh, I remember, so I. and yeah. Uh, yeah I don't remember because I she my sister was about three years above three and a half years older than me so close to leaving sort of thing 
Um, and I remember going into one class and, and I was really struggling with this assignment we were giving because just I just didn't get it. And I remember the teacher saying to me, why can't you be like your sister? <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yeah, and it always stuck with me. And it was because she she was just, her brain is different than mine. She, she has got that kind of, um, she is one of the, that's kind of real academic type. Well, I'm not. Um, but I, I'm a creative type. And, and certainly when I went to school, that was never really recognized. And even if it was, it wasn't something that was thought to be of any use to you whatsoever in the future. So yeah. it wasn't encouraged. So, um, yeah, I just always. What an awful comment. That's all I can yeah, say. Yeah. To say that about anybody, really. Unless yeah. they said it tongue in cheek. And of course, mm, you wouldn't realize, would you? I don't think she did. No. <laughs> I don't think she did. But that said, you know, like Hello, you say. Shall we name and shame her? What was her name? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I know. No, we could get sued. But yeah, no. She, you know, she, and she was. It wasn't. She was a horrible teacher. She. There were plenty of those, but she wasn't one of those. But she. It was just that that kind of off the cuff comment, and it stuck with yeah. me. It's like, oh, aren't I good yeah. enough being me? <laughs> I know. Get the violins out, eh? <laughs> yeah. Aww. Yeah. Well, it, I don't even think it has to actually be a comment or something. It, it can be something that you decide yourself. Like, for instance. When I was at college, I was absolutely terrible at typography. And part of the reason for that was because we had to hand draw it at the time. Mm. So, right. This is where I'm, I'm going to sound okay. really stupid. What is yeah. typo- What is? Ty- I've heard of typography. What is it? Yeah. Basically Making using fonts. Text. Using text. No, no. Just using text. So say you would say you're creating a poster, for right. example. Mm, yeah. You'd have, you'd probably, you might have some big text on there, mind yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, typography will be the way you show what that text is like so you, you could make the, le- the letters all big and heavy or you can make them all fine and it'd be the styling of the text yeah. basically but back at that time we had hardly any computers at the college it was like probably like 10 between a thousand kids or something yeah so we had to do everything by hand which meant generally that you would have to hand draw your text so if you can, if you can imagine if you were trying to create a poster, yeah, you'd have to write, do it by hand, mm. try and make it look like the text you wanted, which is not easy unless you're good at that sort of thing. And they didn't mm. teach you it. No. So I remember I had to do this logo once, design a logo, and my text was awful, you know, for the company name. It was absolutely shocking. And it kept on getting rejected. You have to pass at least each project. They did pass merit and a distinction. So it was the only project I could have passed. So I think I, I either had two or three goes at it, trying to redo this text. And I just I decided from that that I was bad at typography. Right. And that literally stuck with me for years. And then years later, I went for this interview of a job in graphic design. No, showing in my portfolio, but and then everything was computerized, so everything was on the computer. And the guy said to me, "So, what is your strength? Do you think after looking at my portfolio?" And I said, "Well, I think I'm quite good at coming up with creative ideas, and also I think my illustration's not bad." And he goes, "Oh, I really like your typography." Oh wow, that's like, interesting. I was totally gobsmacked because I would never have ever considered that my typography was any good because I decided I was bad at it. Did you say that to him? Did you say what no, your teacher no. had said? No, no, because it was years before. So it's it's like it's one of those things that should no longer have even been in a thought in my head. But of course, yeah, it is. It's like that comment in your teacher. Yeah, but, but yeah, it, it, 
that lack of confidence it can also come from maybe lack of encouragement from family or friends etc like this is a classic example and you probably know the one I'm going to say <laughs> um, so we've recently done this Adobe Max thing and my yeah. parents were fairly underwhelmed by it <laughs> did they listen to this <laughs> probably I don't know but it's not that they were like it's not that they said anything bad they just they just were like oh yeah that that was okay you know and Kevin said to me it's because they don't really get how big Adobe is and the niche and you know I, I don't know they just I just don't think they get the enormity of it for me tell them what your dad said which I, <laughs> I really made me laugh <laughs> my dad said um yeah I went around he goes oh yeah it's, uh, I I don't know if you've mentioned I saw the Adobe thing goes, oh, interesting to see your lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> that text really made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that that was quite interesting. I say, and I don't they don't mean anything bad about it, but they don't for me, that's you know, it's a big thing, but they don't get it. Whereas your family now think you're a movie star. Oh yeah, you see, mine were totally different. They were totally different. I mean, you know, they're both like, oh, my gosh, come and tell us all about it. My mum was more overwhelmed by my jumper I was wearing at the time, though. <laughs> she was very obsessed with the jumper. I think she wanted one. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, she was like, oh, it's amazing. And you're so, you know, you're so clever. But then again, they would do that whatever I did because that's just what they're like as parents, which is lovely. Yeah. Well, it's not my, mine, you know, mine will support me in my art and stuff yeah. like that. But it's yeah. just, I don't think they get it <laughs> but I, I've also heard of other artists who paint in acrylics who have a similar thing where their parents don't think it's proper art because proper art is made in oils is... isn't that weird yeah uh, that's an old-fashioned um view isn't it really it is yeah but if, if you think of the age of the parents and because they're not probably in the arts yet, yeah I think I think they kept on getting asked well, when are you going to start using oils Mm. which is it's quite strange but if you don't feel like you are getting the encouragement you need it might be better to seek that encouragement elsewhere for example you might have a look around to see if there's a, a local art group near you so good places to go and do that is to look up meetup and this is a meetup.com website or facebook there's loads of different facebook groups and also local ones alternatively you might want to join a online facebook group like our kick and the craziest one or an alternative group where you think you've got people who can cheer you on and people aren't going to be too negative about your art actually i'm going to say something here as well which oh, it might sound discouraging i don't mean it to be discouraging but your lack of confidence might actually be valid which sounds horrible doesn't it, it might actually be you might have a point well it, you mean mine or do you mean not yours no people <laughs> in general and the reason for that is you might have a lack of self-confidence in your art simply because you are a beginner and so you you have a lack of experience. And in that case, of course, you're not going to be confident in your art, you know, but just because you're not producing art you love, and this is where I redeem myself what I just said, okay. <laughs> just because you're not producing art that you love or that other people don't love at the moment, that does not mean that you should question if you have a place in the art world. And I've said this before, there is absolutely a place for beginners in the art world because that's where we all start. That's where everyone begins. So you just have to overcome that fear of, of be, you know, creating bad drawings because if you can't accept the art that doesn't work, you're, you're never going to be able to learn from them and improve. 
but yeah so so yes you might you might not have confidence and that you know you might have reason not to feel confident in your art but it doesn't mean to say you can't be confident later on because you will get there you just have to keep learning and keep practicing anyway if you also might feel a lack of confidence if you feel like you're not a real and I'm waving my arms in the idea in the air with those silly air quotes if you haven't had proper training or didn't go to college but remember that good art can come from absolutely anywhere you don't have to have had formal training in fact you might actually be better because you've learned the hard way and you might learn the more interesting way as well but if you feel that lack of training is the problem and why you're not feeling confident don't let that hold you back because there are so many places you can learn nowadays, as you might already know. For example, if you go back to episode 93, we spoke with Carrie Brummer on the podcast and she teaches an art fundamentals course. If you go to episode 73, we spoke to, oh, got three in them. We spoke to Kevin Murphy from Revolve and he teaches artists how to go from beginner to like being a professional oil painter or painting to a professional level. Realism as well, isn't it? Yeah, amazing. But we'll put in a few more places where you can learn to make art in the show notes. I don't want to go through loads on here. But of course, there's also absolutely loads of free content on YouTube if you just don't mind a bit of hunting around because it's just hard to find the people who know what they're talking about and the people who don't. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And it might be um, you're actually just afraid of what other people might say or think about your work. So that might be holding your back. You're not confident in yourself. So you're not confident what other people are going to think. But, you know, going back to what I've said before, no matter how good you get, not everyone's going to like it. You know, you have to question the motivation of any person anyway who openly airs their negativity, you know, about your work to you. Are they even knowledgeable enough? to have an opinion for a start you know or I hate to say it but are they trying to discourage you because maybe they're lacking in self-confidence in some way themselves right or wrong you know some people will do that Um, but of course you know there are some people who will just air their opinion because they want to help you improve and we do need those people as well but it's knowing who to listen to and how to take comments as they were meant because it's easy to get offended by something when actually it's the very thing you needed to hear to help you get better. But ultimately, does it really matter, like I said, what people think anyway, as, as long as you're feeling you're moving on and you're you're getting ahead? Probably not. Anyway, another thing you might have problems with is your inner critic. It's those little voices we all get in our head. And it is everyone. It's not just you that has those inner voices. We all get them. It's just some people are better at either just ignoring them or pushing past them. And try and look at the things that you like about your art rather than the things that you don't like and see how you can build on those things that you like. I think with ourselves, everybody notices more the mistakes we make. So if if Sandra looks at a bit of my work, you might not notice the mistake I've made on the eye because you're looking at it as a whole, whereas I will just see that eye. Mm. Um, so it's very different to look at someone else's thing. But yeah, you've just got to shut those voices out. And those voices can get really loud. They can. They can. You can almost have a conversation with them, can't you? Just tell them you to can. shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I think, didn't Danny, Danny Gregory did a podcast for a while, didn't he, called Shut Your Monkey? So, yes, that was it, which is about your inner critic, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that was, that was cool. Just little mini it. ones. There's another hypnosisy type thing I remember where if you do keep getting those thoughts, you're supposed to put, have you heard of this, elastic band around your wrist? Right, and ping it. This, Yeah, ping it. I've seen people do that, but I thought, yeah. I don't know what, 
don't know what I thought that was. It's supposed to be when like negative thoughts come in your head, or, or, or say, say also you got a habit. You can also break habits. I think this way, like say you say you want a cigarette or something. I think you ping that band like to <laughs> try and knock yourself out of it. Also, if you get ne- <laughs> negative thoughts, you ping okay. the band. Oh, to that's try and what get... they're for. It's supposed to kind of break, break the interrupt the pattern of the bad thoughts. I see. Yeah, I don't do it, but. Yeah, I did you... try it once, I think, for something, but I can't remember what it was. Nail biting, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but while I've got my fingers in my mouth, I'm pinging it. <laughs> anyway, like I said earlier, you might yeah. simply have just had a bad day at the office. And, of course, by that I mean the art studio or the corner of your kitchen or wherever you happen to create your art. So, in other words, your last piece of art didn't work out well, so it knocked your confidence for the next and that is actually a bit of a danger zone because you know if you go into something already thinking that you can't do it then the results are going to reflect that and then you find yourself on this kind of merry-go-round don't you which you you know you can struggle to get off and as I said earlier I've been guilty of this myself even very recently you know if something isn't working it really throws me and I start asking myself have I just been fluking all along because I've always said haven't I uh, you know maybe this is my the lack of self-confidence in me but for so long I used to call myself a serial fluker and but every now and then I still have that thought oh perhaps I perhaps I really am a serial fluker you know and um there was a time when it would literally have stopped me from making art at all sometimes for weeks but the difference now is that I know that not everything can be a success. You just have to pick up your pencil and do another. So these little bad episodes, they will pass and they will lead to to good ones. And in fact, I think you can look at it a different way. You can almost appreciate your successes more because you know it doesn't come easy. So for example, if everything does come easy to you, then do you really feel that same sense of achievement when you stand back because you've just fallen off the brush because you're so used to doing it? And I think that's that's what's so important about pushing ourselves, isn't it? But it is really nice, isn't it, that feeling when something does... Because not every painting you do, it does fall off the brush or fall off the crayon or whatever. <laughs> but it is lovely, isn't it, when it does? It really is. Oh, I love that feeling when you're you're doing something and you know... It's going well. It's well, just, oh, it's Here's a question so nice. for you then, Tara, because yeah. I know you bore easily. So if every single drawing you did for the next 50 drawings just fell off your, you know, Neo Colour 2 <laughs> crayon or whatever, <laughs> yeah. um, would you would you suddenly get bored of that feeling? It depends. It depends if I was drawing exactly the same thing each time, I think. Or would that, would, or perhaps what I'm It depends if I was enjoying the feeling as well. Because, yeah, I suppose what I'm trying to say is would that feeling then not be as good anymore because you're used to it? So then is that the time then to start pushing you out of yourself out of your comfort zone and thinking, okay, well, now I'm going to do something else then because I need to almost fail Oh, I, a get, bit. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Because, because you get in almost like a, it's like comfy slippers, basically. Yeah, you're so used to it all going yeah. right and then you stop... Yeah having well I think you would lose that feeling anyway I think that that Mm. lovely feeling would go wouldn't it because it would just become like complacency almost so you almost need those those ones that don't go so well sometimes just to remind you that it's you know 
well done you when you do get it right because it isn't always easy you know yeah Uh, and I guess that brings me almost to the next point I have which is you can end up feeling too confident in what you do you're then not confident to try something else if Mm, that makes sense it's almost like you were just saying but maybe you know you've been painting say uh really detailed landscapes but what you really want to try is an abstract but you're scared to try it because you know your really detailed landscapes look amazing and everybody says they look amazing and that's what they know you for but you've just got this hankering to try something else and I think our lack of confidence can stop us trying something new like that it's really hard to break something especially when people are giving you loads of praise for something I mean I was kind of you know the colorful faces I do for example yeah yeah like I love the way they look and people you know I've had people say they like them but then I, I, I almost don't want to stop making them but then I feel the urge to try new things that makes sense yeah I don't I totally but, totally but, but then you I don't know if they're going to look good when I try the new things it's gonna be interesting to see these 50 faces you do and if they're all you're trying to do them in all a different style in different yeah. ways yeah but it'd be interesting to see when you put them all together if there is still that thread running through it that says it's yours yeah I'm gonna try and get that but I don't know if it's gonna I don't know if it'll stay or not because obviously I'm gonna to have to push it a bit to get a yeah different yeah but whether but it's still hope- obviously a Tara Roscoe if you like yeah, what I'm hoping is that I can look at them in the end and think, oh, well, you know, I do like that piece of that one. Mm. I like that. Yeah, maybe. But I must say, I do still love the colourful style. But I just, I need, just need to change. I need to push. Yeah. Even if I go back to that. Mm. And I'm sure there's lots of people the same, isn't there? <clears throat> yeah, oh, absolutely. So another problem can be shyness. Um, would you say I'm shy? Tara. No, I would say I. I would say I am. <laughs> so a fear of blowing your own trumpet, basically, in case someone thinks you're big-headed. But you know, in my opinion, what is art if it's not to share? You know, I mean, you wouldn't bake a cake and then not let anyone have any, would you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you but, might do. Be quite greedy. But you know, when we're kids, we grow up, don't we? Quite rightly, being told that we mustn't show off. And I'm sure we were all brought up in that way. Um, But we shouldn't mistake feeling good about what we create with showing off. That is not the same thing. And I used to feel like that when I started out. But over time, you realize that actually, you know, if this is going to be a big part of your life, then of course you're going to need to share it and want to share it. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to take your art seriously, then you have to share it because how are people going to see it otherwise? And that kind of feeling can actually stop you promoting things like your website or sharing your blog or sharing your art, which, of course, you want to try and sell at some point. And if you think about it, like I say, you know, you wouldn't bat an eyelid, would you, at someone if they were selling their services online, if that was what people consider as an ordinary job. So maybe a dog grooming service or something like that. You you know, if they're putting a picture up on Facebook of the latest doggy haircut that they've they've done and it looks amazing, you don't bat an eyelid at that, do you? You think, oh, yeah, I'm going to take my dog there. But because you're sharing a, a skill 
like art, and then suddenly it feels uncomfortable to say, look what I made, it's for sale here, because you're worried people are going to go, oh, you're just showing off. But that is not what you're doing, is it? Any more than a dog groomer, <laughs> you know, or a hairdresser showing a new haircut they've done. They're not showing off, they're sharing their skill in the hope that somebody will say, actually, yes, that I would like to go and have my haircut with you. Or, you know, I would love to buy some of your art to put on my wall. Yeah, and we we are open to sponsorship from dog groomers. There's a dog groomer that goes around in it. Um, there's a dog groomer that goes around our way. I've seen it before. And then they've called it doggy style. <laughs> I think no. so. <laughs> yeah. And there's also a scaffolding company. Yeah. And they've drive around in the in a van and in um they've got their the name of their scaffolding company and underneath it says uh let me think about this it says um satisfaction guaranteed with every erection. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes me laugh. Anyway, moving on uh yeah what was I saying oh yes so anyway (laughs) and 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 again you know particularly I think if you perhaps go on Facebook because I'll share my art on my own personal Facebook page and on my art page because you know obviously I need to get it out there because I'm not going to sell it otherwise you know what I mean it has to get out there and I I kind of feel like only the people who don't matter would think that you were showing off because they obviously don't know you as a person. Do you know what I mean? If they think badly of you because of that, they're not really, their opinion doesn't matter to me anyway because they obviously don't know who I am and that's fine. I don't need people like that in my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do do wonder if it gets knocked out of us too much, the old don't show off. Maybe, maybe. It's, it's a hard balance, isn't it? But uh, you know, a, lot, a lot of these people don't understand that when you do put your art out there, it's like standing, and I've said this before, it's like standing naked in the middle of a field full of people because you have put your heart and soul onto a canvas and you are risking somebody pointing at it and laughing, going, that is rubbish, or, oh, that's not as good as your normal ones, or, yeah, I don't like that. You're risking that. You're putting your stuff out there um, risking negative feedback, which is scary. And you don't always, you're not always as confident in your art as they might think you are. It's just that obviously as artists, it's important. We we don't, I mean, there's not single painting any of us do is there where we're like, wow, I love it. And this and that and the other. And there's always something you think, right, next time I would do it like this, next time I would do this. And you, that's why you learn from every painting. And that's why you evolve as a, an artist because you're continuously looking to improve. But you cannot put a painting on Facebook and say, I know it's not, you know, brilliant or I know this bit's not quite right, but you can't do that because otherwise it would be like saying, it would be like that hairdresser saying, oh, I know there's a few wispy bits, but, you know, never mind sort of thing. We'll, we'll, we'll look over that. If, you, if you're having a straight bob, you want a straight bob. You don't want the wispy bits. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, and what one thing I was going to say that if you ever are scared of posting a bit of art to to Facebook or Instagram, if you're ever nervous about it, just think: Would I rather do this or post a picture of myself naked in the field? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd always rather do the former. So there you go. 
Don't worry about it. Yeah. Also, lack of confidence can make you afraid to approach galleries just in case they say no. But if they do, it might not even be that they don't like your work. It might just be that it's not suitable for what they do or they don't think it will sell where they are. I mean, if, if you go into some towns and if, if you look in the gallery, it might be very traditional work, and yet yours might be quite modern. So they're probably going to say no if you go in there. And it's not because they don't like it. It's just because it's wrong for them. And I've traipsed around galleries before. I don't like it. But it, it's not so much my worry about, I don't know, showing them my eye it's more that well it's a rejection thing I guess but it's that I don't like talking to people like that I don't like the cold the cold it's almost like a cold call isn't it yes yes so it's it's a bit of all in one but I guess you can feel like it's a personal thing when I guess the way around that is to to perhaps email them first with a couple of your images and then say can I make an appointment rather than cold calling yeah yeah, yeah, which is definitely better, and mm. I've done that before. That that does work much nicer. Yeah, they can just send you. They can send you a nice <clears throat> casual. No, thank you. Yeah. Can't they like that? Yeah. But lack of confidence can also stop you entering competitions, just in case your art gets rejected. But the thing with that is, if you do want to enter competitions, you have to start somewhere, and who knows you might pick they might pick that beginner style or whatever you've done over someone who's more experienced. You just don't know. For example. Portrait Artist of the Year, I don't know about you, but there's been a couple of winners that I haven't thought were very good at all. And they've been, yeah, and they've been against somebody that I thought they definitely should have got yes. through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's just our opinions. Exactly. So you, you just can't tell. So I think if you want to do something, you should not let anything stop you. There was a, a rule by a woman. She's like a motivational speaker that I've heard before. Have I told you about the two-minute? I think it's a two-minute rule she has. I can't remember. No. But basically, she says this rule that if you intend doing something, you have to do it within two minutes. Or it might be a two-second rule, sorry. Two-second rule. So literally, you want to enter that competition, just start entering the competition. Don't give yourself time to think about it. Because as soon as you start giving yourself time to think about anything, you will dissuade yourself from not doing it. Two seconds. Wow. Two second rule. So, so say, it takes say my brain ex- longer than that to kick in. <laughs> but say, for example, um, if you're uh, you go to like a, a meetup type thing where you yeah. don't know anybody, so you get and, and you walk in the room and then you think, oh, oh, perhaps I'd go put, talk to that person over there. They're standing on their own. But if you if you don't go then straight away, you'll then start thinking, oh, oh no, they might want to talk to me, or they might be waiting for someone. Do you know what I mean? You get all the all the excuses come in your head, and that that's her idea. Anyway, her name is Mel Robbins. If anybody wants to look her up, and that person standing alone is probably having all the same thoughts as you are. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. and also let's not forget a competition. You know, the people, the judges, is literally all about opinion. Because if Tara and I were judging that portrait artist of, artist of the year, maybe we would have chosen them very differently. Um, it's just, and I bet we just, would. Yeah, yeah, we would. But it's just about the opinion at the end of the day. And that's the, that, that's the thing to remember when it comes to things like that. Um, so a lack of confidence that can also lead to a fear of saying yes. And that's one thing I've tried really hard not to do, not to let a, a fear, um, stop me from saying yes so thank goodness because if I'd have said no to Youngman Brown when he invited me to be a guest on his podcast then um Tara we would never have met would we oh wouldn't it be lovely (laughs) (laughs) 
so horrible. But we'd never have met. Kicking the creatives would not exist. And you no. probably still wouldn't be drawing by hand again. No, I wouldn't. Definitely not. No. No, no, I remember being... And also, you wouldn't be sketching loosely, would you? No. No, I wouldn't. And I, and certainly not in public, you know. No. And I remember being absolutely terrified at the time when he invited me, thinking, oh, I can't do that. What if I stumble on my words? Or worse still, what if I go completely blank mid-sentence, which happens, you know, to me quite regularly sometimes. But with a bit of encouragement from Paul, my husband, um, I did say yes. And that was the start of an entirely new chapter in my art journey. So since then, I've made a point never to say no out of fear, because if I had have done, like I say, Tara would never have had the pleasure <laughs> of, of, you know, meeting your one. company. Yes. <laughs> and that would have been actually... awful, Tara. What would you be doing now, do you oh, think? I don't know. I'd have been podcasting. I'd have to find myself a new a podcast partner. <laughs> Oh, are you saying that replaceable? Oh, yeah. Easy. Of course I'm not. <laughs> no, definitely not. Because mm-hmm. I would have never either, I would have never done a podcast where it was me giving my opinion with someone. Mm. Um, because before, all I did was I did interviews on podcasts. And I never, I didn't used to enjoy it that much because I was so nervous. But yeah, I would never have thought about talking about my opinions but that's another spin on it isn't it I mean if you think about, I said you know because I went on that podcast with young men brown and I yeah. didn't let that fear stop me we met but also if you had let the fear of interviewing on your podcast yeah. stop you you wouldn't have had that podcast you wouldn't have invited me on it because you wouldn't have had one and then we wouldn't have been doing what we do now so it's kind of almost like the planets aligned in a way didn't it for both of us it's a snowball effect isn't it yeah what you did and what I did it kind of made us sort of crash somewhere in the middle yeah but if it if you'd have allowed that fear to stop you doing those things then you, you know it's very hard in life to to move on and um and evolve if you're scared of what might happen yeah, there's been people who've done experiments, haven't they? I think the guy's name is, and I might have got this wrong, I think it's Danny Wallace, did a year, I think a year of yes. And there's someone in America who's did it. I can't remember her name is, Shona somebody. She, the person who, um, she came up with Grey's Anatomy, the program. Uh, anyway, both of them have done a year of yes, which is quite interesting. So what they had to do was say, basically say yes to any opportunities that came up. I'm sure not if they were like totally, you know, insane, but the majority of things they had to say yes to. You see, now, if I came home to Paul and said, right, I'm challenging myself, I'm going to do a year of saying yes, I'm sure he'd take full advantage of that. Yes, I'm sure he would. <laughs> I, I don't know where where he'd go with that. No. <laughs> could be interesting. could be quite fun, actually. <laughs> yeah, but it, it'd be that thing where he, you'd get... You know, you might get someone um, saying, oh, do you fancy doing a parachute jump with me? Yes. You know, even though you're terrified. Yeah. And something you'd never, ever want to do. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You could end up doing all... Yeah. Are you doing it now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you practising? Yes. Yes. Anyway, yeah, but... we're not, we're not, we're not going to do that, are we? No. No. Definitely but you not. are gonna you're all right for the hypnotist thing if we get enough. Oh, I like the idea of that. Yeah, yeah, I do. So, um, 
one of the best are we in the right place because i know it's, it's my turn oh, is it means, your you, turn? means you need to be quiet for a minute all right sorry okay so let's look at some ways we can build up our motivation and our confidence and one of the ways that i think is to listen or watch motivating things that could be motivational speakers ted talks google talks nine to nine you and podcasts I'll put those all in the show notes i used to um, listen to tony robbins a lot not related to Mel Robbins, I suppose you've been about before. But I used to really like his stuff because it's just that thing that kind of pumps you up and makes you feel, you know, like you can do something, if you know what I mean. Mm. Have you yeah, ever, you ever listened to it? Well, I, I used to wonder what a TED Talk was because um, I, I heard about them a lot and then I actually watched one. They were really good. Yeah, so I'll put I'll put a link to that. There's also a, f- a few other links. I might I might stick in there if I can find them. Um, you could also read a positive book. That could be it could be something completely fictional. Or I used to really like reading autobiographies. So you could read some one by someone you really admire who's used determination to get where they are. It could by by an artist, by a business person. I used to read a lot of businessy ones. What about you? Do you read autobiographies? Not really. I'm a fictional. No. I like fiction, but um, a positive book. It could be something like a self-help book in a way. Like um, I don't know. There must be there must be books on how to build your confidence out there and things like that. So there's that. I I like a good self-help book. Do you? I used to as a young adult. As a young adult, I was a typical Bridget Jones that had about a hundred different self-help books on my bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. Usually about men. (laughs) Oh, were they? So, yeah, typical stuff a 20 year old would have, you know, men yeah. are from Mars, women are from Venus, that oh, kind of really? stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not interested in that thing remotely now, any of that. No. Well, I, I'd, re- I'd read stuff more about the confidence type thing we're talking yes. about. Oh, so yes. I would, now, I would have, yeah. Yes, I would do. That's a more sort of thing I would if I was going to. But yeah. I, I don't feel that I need to anything like that at the moment. But when I do, yeah, that's, I'd probably turn to something like that. Yeah. Um, another thing you can do is to find other positive and encouraging people to hang out with whether that's in person or online finding your kind of people kind of helps you realize that you do have a place and you do fit in because creative people do think differently to other people I think Um, and not finding finding your tribe can make you feel out of place in the world even if you don't realize why. And I always remember we interviewed um, Andy J. Pizza, didn't we? Yeah. And one of the things that really stuck with me in that interview was when he was talking about, um, he said that at school, he felt like a penguin amongst a flock of seagulls. And the seagulls were all flying and soaring in the sky, but he found himself only able to waddle around on the floor. But when he discovered art and creativity, suddenly he found water. And whilst all those seagulls um, could do was just paddle around on the surface of the water, he was able to fly and soar underneath the water, which is something the seagulls couldn't do. And I totally related to that story. I really did. So it's about finding where you belong, finding where you fit in. And part of that is by finding other people who get who you are and love you for it because you're kind of one of them. And by the way, um, if anyone wants to go back and listen to that episode with Andy J Pizza, it's episode 66. 
you talking about find your tribe I think you must have been list, uh, reading a self-help book by Seth Godin for that one no I didn't but I have no? I've heard that before find your tribe so many times and it's quite a, a lot of artists sort of say it and I totally get get it why what's that then I think he's I think I don't know if it was him that coined the phrase but I've heard him talk about it, find your tribe type yeah. thing he, he writes all sorts of marketing type books but you know marketing and sort of pop psychology a bit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I definitely don't read marketing type books <laughs> See, I do. I like stuff. Yeah, you're like, like you, you. You and I are totally different like that, aren't we? Yeah, I'm quite geeky. <laughs> you're the geeky one. <laughs> yeah. You can also keep positive clippings of things people said about you and your work. Put them somewhere that you can see them. And I've mentioned before that I've got a board. I'm actually looking at it now. I've got my computer. Then just above it, there's a notice board, and I've got all these different clippings of all the lovely things that people from King of the Creatives have said. I need you to to scan that. And copy it. I can't scan my notice board, can I? I can take a photo for you. Yeah, and then I can stick it up. But what I do is, if ever you're feeling a bit fed up or, you know, not very confident in yourself, I'll go and I'll I'll have a read through of some of those things on there. And it just makes you think, oh, oh, wow, that's really helped someone, something I've done, or somebody really liked something that we did. So, uh, yeah, definitely worth having something like that. You could even just have it in. I've heard about people putting it in jars before, and then you just take one out of the jar and have a look. Yeah, every time something good happens, you put you yeah. write it down, put it in the jar, and then when you're yeah. feeling down, you just take something out of the jar and read it. That's right. Yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> it's true. Positive comments are so, so important. And like you say, having stuck on a wall is great. And this is where even like, I know at the end of the show, we always say it would be so nice if you like the podcast to, to give us a little review. But, and we say that not just because obviously it helps us because of the podcast, it helps people see it. And, and that really does help. It's not just about that. It's just knowing that we're um, being useful and helping people. And I know that whenever we get a review, the first person who sees it texts the other one straight away like a screenshot and says, oh, look, you know, and we're both sort of, oh, it's so lovely. And it really touches us, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. It is that little boost, isn't it? You feel like you're being you're being helpful and useful and it's a, it's a lovely feeling. And they always say, don't they, that as human beings, we notice the negative comments more. So you almost need 10 positive ones to shove away that negative one i'm not saying you've got to write us 10 reviews although that would be helpful <laughs> but it's, it's that thing where um where yeah for some reason as humans we concentrate on the negative stuff which is yeah it's so stupid but something else that's useful is to think what's the worst that can happen if you do that thing that you're so scared to do you know generally if you make mistakes like I said earlier, the people who matter won't think bad of, badly of you anyway. And the people who do, um, they don't matter. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it did. You had a little bit of pause in there, so I wasn't quite sure where you were going. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, did I say this the right way around? Yeah, I, I thought you were thinking about it. <laughs> well, I just mean that if somebody's going to think badly of you because yeah. of if you've made a mistake... yeah then they're really they're not, not your friend. people who are your friends anyway. So it doesn't really matter what they think. The people yeah. who are your real friends and who, you know, appreciate you as a person, they're not going to think badly of you if you make a mistake. So that's why you should just do it regardless of whether you make a mistake or not. Yeah. That's just a much more long-winded way of saying <laughs> what I was trying to say in the first place. <laughs> 
Another way to build your confidence is to take small steps and then build them up. For example, a year ago, I said to you, didn't I, Sandra? Mm. Why don't we try a Facebook or an Instagram live? And I think you said, oh, no, no, I don't mind making videos, but I don't want to do a live one. I mean, I would have been terrified, absolutely terrified as well. I'm more asking you to try and motivate myself to do it, I guess, and make myself less scared. But I texted you last week and I said to you, let's make an Instagram live. Why don't we try making some Instagram lives? And you said, oh, yes, this was exactly word for word. Oh, yes, I like that idea a lot. (laughs) which is quite funny but just shows how confidence can build over time and that's because we've now been doing the podcast for four years and we've made videos and we've been interviewed and it's still daunting but because we've already taken those little steps in between each of those podcasts has built up so we now have enough confidence that we'll dare to try it and we're probably going to be terrible (laughs) but we'll now dare to try it rather than we would before Yes. A bit of patience. I mean, you wouldn't put a whole sausage into your mouth, would you, at once? Oh, God. Oh, my God. You must have, <laughs> you must have written that down. <laughs> I'm just, I'm thinking in my head. Who, you who, wouldn't put a whole sausage in your you mouth. You wouldn't put a whole sausage in your mouth. You, would, you put a, chip, would you I put a... I would have put a chipolata, yes. <laughs> but a whole big German sausage, you know, what? you wouldn't put an entire sausage in your mouth at once. It would fit in yours. No. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say is you, 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 oh, this sounds really awful now. So you take it bit you by bit. You knew it sounded awful. That's why you said it. <laughs> you put it, you, you take it chunk by ch- chunk, you wouldn't you? You, up, you wouldn't take you? it, yeah, you, you take it bit by bit and you chew it and you, then you'd be ready for the next piece of sausage. <laughs> and then, then, you know, that, anyway, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to, uh, um, yeah, don't buy up more sausage than you can Yes, do. that's exactly hard. Oh, see, that's a much better way of putting it. Don't, yeah, but, don't bite off more sausage. What is that chew. real? What is the real thing? Bite, bite don't bite off more than you can chew. Oh, that's it. It's yeah. just that we put the word sausage <laughs> into it. <laughs> <laughs> did anyway. you go away to laugh then? Oh, dear, I did. Sorry. Anyway, above all, just keep... Yeah. Just keep doing it. Don't let your lack of confidence stop you from doing what you love. So, uh, yeah, just practice because the more you do something, the more confident you'll feel in time. So just just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. That's the secret. So shall we go on to what our previous question was? Yes, and it was quite a serious question, this one, wasn't it? It was. Have your personal experiences or situations influenced your art? If so, how? Well, this one's yours, isn't it? No, this one's yours. Oh, it's a long one. Of course it's mine. (laughs) I should realise. Of course. Ah, So we have got Michael Beckett. Definitely true. For starters, I am partially red-green colourblind. So is my husband, actually. Uh, That's not what he said, but I'm just saying that. (laughs) So I try to concentrate on getting the good values in a piece instead of worrying about color too much beyond that I have MS that five years ago put me in a wheelchair my basement studio where I painted with acrylics on relatively large canvases was no longer accessible so I adapted by painting smaller and working with watercolor or just doing a lot more drawing 
there are a lot of negatives dealing with my disability, but I am not one to dwell on that stuff and I prefer to keep it out of my art. I've always made art as an escape and I'd rather make art that will make people smile that makes me happy. I love that. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I've got very arty fairy and she says all the time, personal life is my inspiration and imagination takes me beyond but I can always I think she means art journal she put art journal <laughs> I can always art journal even on the most boring day there's something happening and it's usually quite loud <laughs> I've got Erica Clarou almost three years ago I had a mountain bike accident that resulted in a traumatic brain injury that never fully healed this impacts my art just like the rest of my life First, I had to relearn how to colour a simple ball with crayons. Believe it or not, it took me a week to accomplish this task. Everything was black, scribbly, violent, angry, and was destined to destruction at my own hand. I never gave up, and slowly I got better and my art morphed. Pre-accident, I loved painting large oil paintings as well as watercolours. Now I create small drawings and paintings with a variety of dry and water-based mediums, I experiment and I play way more now. I'm convinced I left my pursuit of perfectionism on that mountain. Therefore, I share and like what I create simply because I'm ecstatic that I can. Don't ever take your ability to create or anything else for granted. That's such good oh, that's advice. amazing advice. Yeah. It really is, yeah. Mm. I've got Debbie's Mentelli. Oh, oh, was that Deb Eyes Mentelli? Oh, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> Is it Deb is Emmentelli? Is that a cheese? Is it Emmentelli sure. cheese? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Deb or Debbie's. Sorry about that. When COVID hit, I had the desire to help people stay connected to each other. So I designed a hot air balloon themed Procreate stamp kit so people could create designs that would lift others up. Oh, that's nice. They could be sent digitally or printed and sent through the mail. Oh, I love that. It's amazing what people did actually, isn't it? Through the, yeah. the main, you know, the first part of COVID really is um illustrated mix very influenced by family life dog is nuts kids are comical i guess it's easy inspiration thrown in my face or jumping on my back or rolling over the yoga ball wobbling the telly wobbling the telly <laughs> well yeah yeah because i've done that before where i've gone on my yoga ball nearly fallen off and smashed into the tv that kind of thing doesn't that not normally happen in your house <laughs> No, no, we haven't got a yoga ball. Um, I've got Mag Grey Art, and she says, a lot of my older paintings were inspired by places that I have visited. Currently looking through old photos and slides, see if I can use them in any way. Okay, so we have a brand new question for you, which is, what is your greatest accomplishment in your art journey to date? So what is your greatest accomplishment in your art journey to date? And I have a brand new question for you, Sandra. Oh no, what? This what this have, isn't in the notes. <laughs> have you done the, the homework that I sent you last week? Well, that as you I put told, in the bloopers. <laughs> as I told you this morning, I was going to do this yesterday, but I ended up in Worthing because um I had to go and meet my husband because he'd forgotten something for work. So no, I haven't, but I am I is actually on my list of things to do, and I promise you I'm going to do it. And you can hold me accountable to that. I promise. Okay. When are you gonna do it by? Oh, no, she's giving me deadlines now. <laughs> um, I'll have it by, I'll have it done before we record the next podcast. Okay. And then you can critique is, it. All that is, is I, I set Sandra the challenge because she was having trouble doing her art 
because she said she couldn't get in the zone I uh, set her a challenge to do something really what would you call it basic almost I guess not anything you need to worry about to create a coffee cup stain and then to doodle and stuff around it didn't I yeah which is very taxing (laughs) for a realism painter (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, very, yeah. very much looking forward to that, Tara. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> anyway, as always, you can let us know your answers to the first question, which isn't the one I said, Sandra, in the Facebook group, which you haven't joined. I highly suggest you do. We'll also put the question up there and on the Facebook page and, of course, on Instagram, which is Kicking the Creatives. We've also got a Twitter, which is Kick Creatives, but we're not, we're not on there so much. Um, yeah, I hope that gave you the kick in the creatives you needed. Don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges. And of course, there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you are enjoying the podcast, we would be so grateful if you would leave us a little review on iTunes or even just a star rating if you don't have much time. But just as I was saying earlier, you know, those those um, reviews, they don't just help the podcast. They really help to um, us to feel nice and that we're actually doing something nice for you. So it, it would be lovely. Yeah, feel nice and warm and fuzzy. Yeah, fuzzy. Yeah. Don't forget to check out our courses as well. We've got one on Neocolors Wax Pastels and you can find that at kickingthecreatives.com forward slash Neocolors. And I'm also a guest artist on Let's Face It 2022, which is a year long painting course, uh, portrait painting course, sorry. You can find it at kickingthecreatives.com forward slash Let's Face It. Now that is an affiliate link and that means we get a commission if you decide to purchase through our link and that helps support Kicking the Creatives. Yeah, and a bit like the Kofi, um, the Kofi uh, people that sort of pay us a little bit of money through Kofi, it all helps us, all these, anything like an affiliate link or Kofi support where you can buy us a coffee, it really does help us. Um, It does actually cost us to do this. So it really, really is great when we get those little um, drips of money coming in it really helps us to be able to get a little bit put by for the next time you know our um, hosting comes through that we need to pay for so we are so so grateful to anyone who can support us in any way at all so thank you and also it all helps us to buy a hypnosis session for Sandra oh yes (laughs) yes that would be amazing I could actually test out the theory (laughs) (laughs) anyway that is it for today and we'll see you next time see ya bye Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon. I think my nose just whistled. And you know, I have a, conf- I have a confidence problem. My nose, my <laughs> nose whistle. <laughs> I did not hear anything. I can get my recorder out in a minute. So you'll have to go back a few episodes, quite to the beginning, if you want to hear yeah. about the nose whistle. Oh dear. Anyway, continuing. You can always put that as a blooper if you can't find anything. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Tara's nose whistle. You can give it an announcement oh. as a drum roll. Um, you diverted again. Now I've lost sorry. my place. <laughs> it's, it's all right. I've got to talk anyway. I know you're not used to that. That's <laughs> so mean to me. Anyway, when I do want... breathe, when I do yeah. breathe, you can't cope. You, I know I can't. No. You don't understand what's going on. You think I've died or something. 